guys. Welcome back to the Colorful Plates podcast, your weekly source for what's happening in the produce and food service world. Our interview this week is from Liz, who chatted with Aaron Aliotti, general manager at Freshlink for the tomato division located here in Monterey, California. Aaron discussed Freshlink's relationship with ProAct and how Freshlink is involved from vine to fork with tomatoes and more. We also have an update for you. Hurricane Dorian scraped the coast of Florida and Georgia, but now has its sights set on the Carolinas. Though we don't yet know how this will affect winter crops, our supplier partners are doing everything they can to mitigate the effects. We will definitely keep you updated on the situation. Now let's cover our market reports. Broccoli supplies are starting to get tight as we are approaching a gap in supply and lower yields due to recent heat. Quality is fair with slight purpling, some mechanical damage, and occasional yellow cast. The same goes for cauliflower as fields are coming into a gap, but the quality is good. California carrots are seeing a lighter supply on all cello carrots. Major players have expressed the inability to take on new business over the next few weeks as they begin to transition. Jumbo carrots are most affected. Mexico is still producing good quality jumbos, and this market will continue to increase and remain high throughout next week. Apples are still ramping up in production. There are a lot of varieties that are still not readily available and are light in volume. Golden Delicious and Fuji's continue to gap for many shippers. Until we see more new crop offerings in the coming weeks, flexibility on subbing sizes, grades, varieties is essential, especially on smaller food service sizes. Post Labor Day, keep in mind some orders might require an extra pickup location due to some shippers not having a full line of varieties. Due to an extreme drought in most of the Mexican lime growing regions, supply, quality, and size are all being affected. Mexican growers don't expect to see any relief for another six weeks or so. Even if conditions improve, there has been severe bloom loss over the past few weeks. Large fruit counts will be extremely tight or non-existent for the next month or so. The weather patterns are not expected to change in the near future, and we expect a very active market through the end of the year. Better hold off on purchasing your limes or try to sub for other citrus. Eggplant is in peak season coming out of the East Coast. There's more than enough supply to cover demand. Volume is peaking now in the Midwest and should continue this way for the next couple of weeks until the cold weather sets in. Out West, eggplant continues to be harvested in Bakersfield and Fresno. Quality is good overall, so get it while it lasts. Maybe make some eggplant parmesan. That's all we have for market reports this week. For in-depth market reports, remember to check out the source on ProAct's website as soon as it's released each Wednesday. Next up, we have Liz's interview with Aaron Eliotti from Freshlink. Let's see what Aaron has to say about tomatoes and Freshlink. All right, guys, good morning. So we're here with Aaron Aliotti from Freshlink. How are you doing this morning? I'm great, Liz. How are you doing? Good. So just going to start off with a couple questions for you. Um, and really, I want to dive into Freshlink in the company you work for. So first off, can you tell us what your role is with Freshlink? Sure. Um, I'm the general manager of the tomato division located here in Monterey, California. Awesome. And what does your kind of day-to-day look like as a general manager? Uh, t- typically, I'm speaking with our network of repackers and hothouse growers to find out what's happening in the marketplace, uh, learning of market conditions, produce quality and availability, and then relaying that information to our sales team. And then, of course, supporting our, our sales team with, with any needs that they have. Um, in addition to that, we're just trying to work closer with ProAct's client services division or even uh, chefs independently to see what we can do to, to support their efforts. Awesome. And so can you give us some history behind Freshlink and what Freshlink is or does? 
Freshlink was born in 2011, marketing table grapes uh, to the industry, which uh, grew into some other commodities, uh, stone fruit and, and berries. And since then, uh, we've, we've set up several offices, uh, integrated offices across the United States uh, to market drive edge. We're, we're essentially the fresh produce supply arm of Integrated Fresh Solutions located in New Jersey. And then our sister company, Cool Logistics, handles uh, third-party transportation for, for most of our business. Awesome. So lots of lots of different things going on with Freshlink. Um, so what is Freshlink's connection with ProAct? ProAct is a, a huge part of our business. Over 70% of uh, the business that Freshlink has is, is through the partnership that we have with the ProAct distributors. So what exactly do you do with ProAct distributors? Uh, we're essentially the, uh, the the buying arm for dry veg, tomatoes, and grapes uh, for the ProAct distributors. Okay, awesome. So you mentioned you're really in charge of tomatoes and spearheading that part of Freshlink. How are tomatoes looking right now, and like what is the current state of tomatoes? Tomatoes right now are they're a mixed bag. Um, typically in the summertime, uh, regional programs begin in the east, and up until uh may florida is the the main growing region for tomatoes during the summer it breaks out into all different areas alabama tennessee michigan north carolina south carolina virginia they're all over the board and during that time it's it's typically a season where you have a lot of backyard growers uh yes local and even folks just literally at home growing their own tomatoes helping Mm -hmm. to curb some of the demand uh, in the eastern market right Right now in the east it's been unseasonably warm and there's been a lot of uh, showers and yeah (laughs) rainstorms coming through that area so during a time when production is already reduced for summer it's been exceedingly challenging it's it's been more challenging this year uh with the weather conditions that that have that we've had over the last couple months um similarly in the west coast california's began the largest operation uh of the year like they do every summer uh but even as as recent as yesterday they've announced another heat wave where temperatures are exceeding 105 degrees in the san joaquin valley oh wow that is probably the third heat wave that's been published, but the temperatures have been warm all summer. So there's a lot of quality challenges right now. There's a lot of, there's, there's plenty of yields coming out of those fields, but not a lot of usable product. The overall quality is poor to fair. What, um, what does heat do to a tomato in that situation when you have a sustained, you know, 90 to 100 degree day for like over a week? I mean, what does that do? Sure. Um, you know, in addition to what it does to the tomato, there's also the effect that it has on picking operations. The labor, yeah. Anytime there's that kind of heat, the the picking uh, that's done, the labor involved, like you say, is halted. So now you have stuff that may be sitting on the plant a little longer than expected, or it's just exposed to more heat. So they're essentially being, I don't want to say cooked on the vine, but the temperature is... The, the tomato is a warm season crop, so it likes warm weather. As you, as the heat goes up, the color starts to come out mm-hmm. much sooner. So you may see some the sizing of your tomatoes available go down because they're having to pick them off the vine as they start to color. They haven't had the time to mature and get big. Right. On the other hand, if they've been sitting on the vine for any period of time because the rotations in the crop have been affected you may end up with larger tomatoes but now they're more soft you have sun scald um, they're soft or uh, 
they just don't hold up in, in transit. They've been exposed to so much heat that uh, when they're on trucks and being distributed, that they're continuing to ripen quicker mm-hmm. and uh, you end up with a soft tomato or they call them blowers where they'll crack and quality just becomes a, a huge challenge. Typically, a mature green is harvested when it's hard and it's green. They're brought mm-hmm. into a, a gas room where uh, ethylene is exposed to the tomatoes and then they ripen from the outside in. So you get a, a red tomato on the outside, but it's firm and you can cut it with a slicer. So you may see some white on the inside. A vine ripe tomato, it's harvested off the vine. Okay. Um, so it's gonna ripen from the outside in. So you get a red tomato all the way through. Um, right. But they may not be as hard, so they don't go in a slicer uh, as easy for a food service application. So it really just depends on the application of the tomato. But um, overall, the heat is just a, is a challenge. A big challenge for you guys. So what does sun scald mean for a tomato? What does that look like? And you said blowers, and when it cracks, how does that happen on a tomato? Sure. Well, sun scald is, is essentially a sunburn. Mm-hmm. Um, the tomato has been exposed to such intense heat while it's in the while it's growing that uh the shoulders of the tomato will start to brown or you'll see some discoloration um you probably recognize it if you look when you go to the supermarket you see some tomatoes that aren't beautifully red and shiny they may have some it looks like a scar um in the food service application where you're uh where we are shipping largely a repacked tomato and you want that that box of of fruit to look uniform with a similar color and ready Mm -hmm. to display um sun scald and things like that can can lead to some some trouble they're, they're probably better used for a, um, a uh, processing application where you can like cut them up or, or dice or... them yeah yeah are they still perfectly edible though as they are sure they're edible um it's mostly this the sun scald is a, is a visual defect um but again when it's uh exposed to heat like that the, the texture of the tomato may change it, they get a little soft um mm-hmm. you know if you're looking for a firm tomato it's it's more of a challenge to, to, to find that. Yeah. And what's a blower? You said that, is that what you said? A blower yeah, where it cracks? So a blower, you have a, a tomato that's, that's harvested, it's, it's picked, it's in the box. And then, uh, as it moves through the supply chain, uh, whether it's ex- exposed to more heat or even the temperature change in the truck, it'll continue the, the water content inside continues to, uh, expand the, the skin is thin and it, they'll mm-hmm. just crack so, you, so the continuity of the tomato is is compromised yeah I've noticed that's happened on some heirlooms I've seen and stuff I don't know why it seems like I see it more on heirlooms than other tomatoes um, do you know why that is uh, the, the heirloom tomatoes just uh, it's a delicate variety um, they're very flavorful they're they're so good yes uh, <laughs> but again they're they're typically um, ripening on their own and uh after depending on the color stage or ripeness of the tomato within two to three days uh the the grade of the tomato can change greatly depending on the the temperature that it's stored at so they they can soften on you quickly cool so what kind of different types of tomatoes do you guys um use i know we talked to bob harper a couple months ago Mm -hmm. and he mentioned romas a lot i think romas his favorite tomato um what how many different varieties do you guys um repack the the staple of our food service program with uh tomatoes consists of what we call a round tomato so that's either going to be like we talked about a mature green or or one that's ripened on the vine Mm -hmm. Uh, the roma tomato uh, grape and cherry tomatoes 
uh, more of a snacking variety. Okay. So you also do hothouse tomatoes. Can you explain what is a hothouse tomato? Absolutely. Um, uh, a hothouse tomato is, is one that's grown under glass, so it's protected from the environment. Okay. Um, it's typically grown off the ground uh, hydroponically. Uh, a lot of the hothouses will grow in, in coconut husks. Um, they're able to use recycled water, contained uh, water that's recycled, so it's more efficient. Um, they're able to pump off heat from the greenhouse in some cases to, to power towns nearby in, in some cases in these hothouse, these high-tech uh, hothouses that are uh, in, in Canada. Um, some of them have lighting operations to help offset the shorter days as they shrink in the winter. Uh, crops are pollinated by insects. They're generally pesticide-free. Uh, and in some cases, they're uh, dedicated specifically to organic produce uh, okay. for the most part the the key benefit to having the, the two key benefits to having a hothouse tomato is that we're seeing more in the United States that these hothouses are going up in almost every state and it's immediate access to the the, the marketplace and then this the second biggest advantage is just the continuity of of quality because it's protected you have less of the challenges that we have talked about having in a, in a field grown tomato yeah. by controlling that environment you, you pretty much get to use uh you know at least 90 percent of, of what's grown you don't have a whole lot of trouble uh in the crop yeah that's fantastic and you mentioned canada so did this process start in canada and now it's kind of trickled into the state yes after uh the world war some of the soldiers that were in Holland saw the growing operations that were happening uh, overseas and brought those back to Canada and the U.S. and really started the greenhouse boom uh, that that is taking place now. Um, that was really interesting information. I literally looked at you and I was like, what? That's how all this happened? <laughs> and, and because they were effective growing under glass, uh, it's, it's, it's grown to where hothouse greenhouses are on almost every continent now uh even in the middle east in some cases as announced this week uh, uh master Nardi produce for example is going to be launching greenhouses in in the middle east bringing fresh produce to a market that wouldn't exist otherwise right they didn't have access to that i saw also i think i want to say it's in france they're building this huge greenhouse and garden operation over in France, I think it's on a rooftop somewhere. Sure. Did you see that? Yeah. I mean, we're just talking about tomatoes right now. But when they when you talk about overall uh, greenhouse or hothouse production, some of these. It's huge. They have vertical greenhouses that are happening in Asia right now where uh, they're growing herbs on tracks that rotate throughout the day vertically several stories uh, upward um, to take advantage of the, the footprint that's that's available there there's not a, a whole lot of of ground to plant and so they're planting up yeah um, so if, for what we do we're talking tomatoes cucumbers bell peppers but mm -hmm. overall innovation technology with hothouse grown produce it's it's expanding into as many commodities that they can find an application for. You know, I ask what a hothouse tomato is. I know a lot about greenhouses, but I didn't put two and two together that a hothouse tomato is a greenhouse tomato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, for Freshlink, 
What does the process look like from vine to fork when it comes to tomatoes for you guys? Now, a big part of our business, like I said, is with a with a repack tomato. But whether it's a field grown or repack, um, or even a hothouse tomato, Freshlink is is partnering with uh, growers and shippers or repackers nationally, so that we're able to. Uh, continually provide supply throughout the year regardless of where transitions or growing regions occur. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a a network of more than 30 repackers across the U.S. who are pulling from a a variety of growing regions, whether they're imported from Mexico, California in the summer, uh, Florida, or even the south and northeast during the summer, to where they're able to bring in tomatoes, repack them into a uniform pretty box that the distributor can then take to their local kitchen, their chef or food service provider, so that uh, we can supply fresh produce year-round. And so um, you mentioned you have growers all over that you get these tomatoes from and the different growing seasons, and we're coming up on fall and soon to be winter, which I can't believe. Where do we source tomatoes, or where do you guys source tomatoes during those colder months? Right around Halloween, uh, typically is when California wraps up, and like we, like I mentioned, they're they're the largest growing operation of the year. When that shuts down, Mexico then becomes largely the focus of Western tomato supply. Okay. At the same time, around November, December, Florida begins again, and tomatoes will rotate around the state uh, from November through May. So okay. the two major growing regions beginning in November will be. Uh, Mexico and Florida grown. Recently in the news, there's been a lot of uh, headlines around the suspension agreement. So yeah, there with Mexico in the U.S. Right, and there was a concern over supply next year. Um, back in May, there was a, a suspension. The, the Department of Commerce ended the suspension agreement, um, and then it initiated a 17. 0.56 percent a tariff on all imports from Mexico. Right. It was something that Mexico growers were were able to to work through in the in the short term. We didn't really have a disruption from the tariff. There were other some there were some other things politically that were in the headlines that didn't really have an effect on tomatoes. The challenge has mostly been uh, from quality and, and transition. But the concern okay. was that uh, because of either an end to the suspension agreement and an anti-dumping investigation that a uh, that growers would not put as much in the ground and we were p- facing a potential shortage for this time frame that you're asking about our winter and, and next year mm-hmm. as of uh, just this week um, they've been able to negotiate uh, a new deal um, so the outlook for the end of the year is is remaining positive better than you had yes. thought in may yes <laughs> it's taken away some of the concern over overall supply Mexico is such a huge importer and with regards to hothouse produce uh, over the years with the with the uh, mandated minimums that the suspension agreements have put in place it's really enabled Mexico to take that money that they're guaranteed in a box of tomatoes go back to the banks invest in their growing infrastructures and produce a, a great operation and a lot of the hothouse tomatoes that come into the U.S. or from Mexico as well. Over 70% of hothouse tomatoes from Mexico make up about 1.8 million pounds each year in the U.S. Wow, that's a lot of yeah. tomatoes. <laughs> so supplies, it, not everybody's happy with the agreement, but the outlook is is hopeful for supply. In the East Coast, we're still facing some weather challenges. Just today, we're expecting uh, Tropical Storm Dorian to make fall over Puerto Rico. There's another storm. Uh, 
Aaron actually, E-R-I-N, just behind it. It's not expected to get all the way to land, but these storms are starting to to form at that time of the year where hurricanes do strike the last two years. We've had significant uh, crop damage in Florida. Um, So just going to switch gears really quick and look at, you know, we've talked about customers and, you know, issues we could face with sourcing. So speaking of customers, in what capacity does FreshLink work with chefs? Sure. Well, uh, in some cases, we can work directly with a chef at a kitchen to find out the needs that they have, whether they're looking for a new and innovative item. Uh, typically a gourmet item that's grown in a hothouse. Uh, we can go and shop and, and find an item to bring to a chef so that he has something new on his menu, or it can be as simple as just uh, sourcing a tomato to meet a size and spec for an application that he has in place already. Uh, from there, we, we either coordinate with their distributor or the chef, and, and in a lot of cases, we're working with uh, PROACT to to put together programs for uh, national programs where it's brought out to many kitchens. So. We're largely an extension of, of the buying office here to go and source produce to meet the applications that uh, the chefs have. Awesome. And what is something you think all listeners should know about tomatoes? It can be, you know, in regards to prep, storage, what not to do, um, anything. Just a piece of advice regarding tomatoes. For a garden tomato, for the for the layperson, when you get home, don't put your tomatoes in the refrigerator. They, they do better on the counter. Um, my my wife likes to stick everything in the refrigerator and after a few days you'll start to see it shrivel up and it'll get mealy kind of yeah it doesn't look like you want to eat it anymore typically tomatoes they do better between around 55 degrees or just sitting out on the counter for a few days uh but i'd I'd say just keep them keep them out of the fridge and it'll be better taste and texture (laughs) so that makes me think whenever tomatoes are being transported you know cross country even you know cross from mexico to the u.s are trucks held at a certain temperature yes the uh the the trucks are geared specifically for the freight that they carry so a tomato typically will ride between 50 and 55 degrees um that's a lot colder than my house is yes yes but when you look at some of the other commodities (laughs) that the trucks are maybe riding at they're you know down and chilling uh some of the produce 35 degrees 32 Mm-hmm. Uh, but the tomato rides a little bit warmer, um, and as soon as they're picked, they begin ripening. They're letting off ethylene, uh, and if uh, they're exposed to any uh, extreme heat, they'll begin ripening much quicker. On the other hand, if they're too cold, then they're susceptible to a chilling injury. So mm-hmm. they like to transport around 50 degrees, store 50 degrees. They'll ripen through several coloring stages, and as you get towards the end of that color stage, a five or a six, you can chill it down a little bit further to slow it down, mm-hmm. um, maybe like 45 degrees, but anything longer than a day will compromise the, the tomato and probably don't want to eat it. How long do you think it is from the time the tomato is picked, transported, and put in the grocery store? So, like, what do you think the time frame is from the field to, like, my plate, for instance? Uh, that's... It can vary uh, depending on the growing region and wh- how far it's got to go. And in some cases, we've talked about hothouse tomatoes. The the operation is so efficient that it can be picked one day, and, and in some cases not even touched by hand. They're picked by machines, packed, uh, transported, and shipped so that you're eating a vine-ripened tomato within a matter of two, three days. Uh, it's extremely fresh. Um, again, again, it'll depend on how far it has to travel. Uh, 
uh, a tomato in California that's harvested green will then be taken to a gas room will be exposed to gas, uh, ethylene to, to help it color. And that may take uh, two to three days, and then it goes on a truck, and the transport time can affect Right mm-hmm. now, California is shipping all the way to the East Coast, so mm-hmm. it can it can be a week, um, but but typically you get out to ten days and you're at the en- the end of that lifespan. Oh, nice. It's a it's a commodity that uh, changes quickly, it ripens quickly. There's not a lot of shelf life uh, on a tomato. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, so in some in some cases we we talked about how local greenhouses are popping up everywhere and. Uh, because of the immediate access to the marketplace and the the quality of the produce coming out of there, it can be packed and then uh, consolidated within a, a day, be, be transported uh, to a distributor, in some cases be shipped out the next day. So it's just a matter of uh, two to three days since that item has been picked, transported, got all the way to, to, a, to a food service kitchen and, and plated. So last question for you and a fun one. What is your favorite way to eat a tomato? I like to snack. I'm a snacking guy. I like going to the store and just buying a big uh, tub of grape tomatoes or medley tomatoes so I can take them with me no matter where, whether I'm sitting at my desk or sitting on the couch. Yeah. I guess. Oh, you <laughs> like the pop of the tomato in your mouth? Yeah, I love it. I don't, oh. want, I don't, I don't want to sit there and cut a tomato. and uh, I'd rather just throw it on top of whatever I'm eating and or snack on it by itself. That's right. Oh, so you like grapes too then. You like like the pop of the I don't know. It's every time I don't know. Something about grape and cherry tomatoes. I love them when they're like roasted and or like transformed but just straight out of yeah. the container and they like pop in your mouth. It's no, like, I, l- I like it. Um Hey, I'm not yucking you're young, <laughs> you know. I like grape tomatoes. I don't really I'm not really a big grape eater. But I like berries too for the same reason. Um throw them on a plate or on top of some kind of dessert or in my cereal not tomatoes berries i can get uh, behind berries oh you, yeah. you like tomatoes on your cereal <laughs> right no i'm not there yet no <laughs> thank you aaron for coming by the office and chatting about tomatoes we look forward to speaking with you again soon just to let all you out there listening know that we will be on a hiatus for the next few weeks but we will be back the first week of october with a fabulous interview with chefs jeff steelman and chris windis from hms host one of proact's awesome customers And that's all we have for this week. If you haven't already, go give Colorful Plates a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for recipes and more. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. We'll be back soon. Stay fresh. Stay fresh.